ladies and gentlemen, I'm Elio, he's Ben, and this is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Ben, how are you? I'm good. I'm coming at you from a slightly different location. We've moved from my desk to my bed. Don't worry, people. I am fully clothed. Not a weirdo. It's um, all right. I don't think I, uh, this is audio, so no one can really see you except for me. Well, th- <laughs> well my apologies. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, we were, I was having a slight wheelchair problem, so... Come on, don't lie to the fans. You were you got caught speeding, you got a ticket, they they had to help someone had to help you get your wheelchair home. And by the time you got home, the battery was running low, and so you have to charge it. Come on, don't lie to the fans. Let's go. No, motherfucker. My name is not (laughs) my name is not James Brown, and I did not get pulled over for drunk driving a lawnmower. I didn't say drunk driving. I said you were speeding. No, no but but I'm just I'm just saying there's no eccentric story here. <laughs> Fine, whatever you whatever you want to tell the fans, go ahead. Lie to our fans. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, no, no, for real, for real. Let it know, for real. Tell tell everyone what happened. Now, right? What's going on? Oh, so I was um. I was outside for the majority of the day moving around because it was actually a nice day. Nice. And, yeah. and then I looked down and my chair was about to die. So I'm like, whoop, got to change look. So wait, yeah. how long does your battery last? Um, let, let's see. Typically, it can it can last like two days. Mm-hmm. Um. It's, if I'm not doing much that day, then it lasts longer. Um, but if I got to move around, excuse me, then I have to uh, then I have to be mindful of charging it, right especially especially before I go to the gym. Very good. So would you? So how was your week? Would you? Did you I, go to the gym? Yes, I did. I actually had my first my first ever uh, back-to-back workout on uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Ah, very good. Yeah, my week, um, I was catching up on, on podcasts. I found this new one called Scream. And what, and what was and that one about? Scream deals with uh, horror movies. So every week, like I think it's like every Sunday or every second Sunday, they review a, a different horror movie. So I saw a couple of them this week. I was watching Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day to you. Then last night I was watching Beetlejuice. And this morning I was watching Hocus Pocus. Well, I I have, I have to tell you, I love Beetlejuice. Absolutely. Yes. That's, a, that, that's a classic. And what um, I like, what I like, sorry, what I like to do is I like to look up movies like that. I just, I'm just curious to look up what day they were released. And the Beetlejuice was released on March 30th, 1988. So Tuesday will be the, I believe, um, thirty third. Yeah, yeah thirty three years. That it was yeah, because I was. I was born on uh, 88, just a few yeah. months later. So. Yep. so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, actually, that's, that's one of you were telling me off air that um, 
they're, they're, they've been looking into doing a sequel for quite a while, and I'm really hoping that they don't. And now you were telling me about a happy death day, and I, you were asking me how it was. Now, for our, for our listeners, I'm going to explain to you all what happy death day is. It's a horror comedy movie. However, you're going to notice something familiar that was taken from another movie. If you've seen Groundhog Day, Ben, I know you've seen Groundhog Day, take that movie and turn it into a horror movie and you have Happy Death Day. Oh, God. And you know what? At the end of the movie, they literally mentioned Groundhog Day because the, the, other, the other star of the movie is talking with a girl in the restaurant and he's like, you know what this story reminds me of? You know that movie Groundhog Day? I'm like, oh, Lord. no, oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you what, this year and last year, I've seen, I've seen a lot of Groundhog Day references. So, any, anyway, um, but speaking of uh, what has been Groundhog Day of absolutely horrible wrestling. Oh, no. Um, this... Roads of WrestleMania that's mercifully going to come to an end soon. Do you do you understand that last night was probably the first night that I felt that we were on something resembling the road to WrestleMania? Okay, now hold on. Before you go on, I have to go back to Monday Night Raw for a minute. Oh God. Now, what, what what parts did you hate of Monday Night Raw besides all of it or most of it? What matches did you really? Um. Well, let, well, let's see. Let me pull up that review. Um, I know, I know that I um. You know, here's the thing, right? So from from a logic perspective. I I like some of what Monday Night Raw has um, put together for WrestleMania. However, the actual execution of it has been awful. And the worst bit of that, I think, has been um, probably... Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon only because I don't care about Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon. So I'm sorry, I gotta go back and uh, watch it just because you told me about that stupid part where they added the train sound effects during Braun's match. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm just I'm just curious to see that because that sounds so stupid just hearing it. Oh, oh, believe you me, my friend, it was very stupid. So, so actually, um, let me, um, I thought I pulled up Monday Night Raw, but apparently not. Maybe I was trying to subconsciously avoid it. But because, I know the way, the reason why I'm going back to Raw, because I, I was started watching it. The one match I did enjoy was Oscar and Peyton Royce. No. Why? Come no. on. No. Why? Uh, because 
I didn't like the ending, but with a real Ripley uh, coming out because that just like uh, because that just overshadowed uh, Peyton Royce. But the match itself, what didn't you like about it? I I just I don't I don't know what it is, but everything about Peyton Royce and her character just is very um, very cringe to me. And it's just, I, I, cause you know that I was never a fan of the Iconics. Yes, I am aware. Don't worry, I still love you, girls. Um, Shut up. And, what? And it has <laughs> no, no. It, it literally has nothing to do with um, with uh, them personally. I know, I just, I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. Yeah, I know. But okay, but. Okay, so now I have uh, Monday Night Raw results pulled up. Okay, and so I can I can tell you uh, specifically in detail what I did not like. All right. So, so as a match, right? I'm very excited about Oscar versus Rhea Ripley. I think as a pure wrestling match. That is going to be awesome. However, from a booking perspective and talking about logic, I don't get it. Because, um, first of all, what history do do Asuka and Rhea Ripley have together? No, I actually, you know what uh, I don't understand is this is for the championship. Yeah. Why does uh, why does Rhea Ripley automatically get a title shot? Well, and and that was that was my that was my chief concern really, and I was just about to bring that up. That is a good um, a good question and one that I would like to have addressed because because look we. We can break this down very simply, okay? Because obviously Rhea Ripley was never the 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 choice. She was never in line to face Asuka in any capacity, let alone at WrestleMania for the women's championship. Um, it happened because um Lacey got pregnant and Charlotte got COVID. So they needed a plan C. Okay. And, and, and that's why. How, however, that is not an excuse for piss poor booking. I agree. Because, because look, I was not a fan of Asuka and... Charlotte again, because we've already seen that at WrestleMania, yep. uh, where somehow WWE just um, managed to destroy everything that Asuka was mm-hmm. by ta- by taking away her streak and making her into a, a goofy character who, you know, who sings and dances in a different language. Yep. Now. I mentioned last week that I was very excited about um, about Asuka coming out and kicking the shit out of Shayna Baszler. 
Right. Yeah. I because because that is the Oscar that should have been there from the jump. This is the Oscar that belongs at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Okay. So from that perspective, and the fact that I really like Rhea Ripley from NXT, I'm I'm inclined to be a little bit more forgiving. Uh, but but you you know me. This is just a reflection of WWE's inability to build up new stars. Okay, that's all this is, and you know. As we'll go over throughout the major throughout the show, you know, WrestleMania has really begun to take shape, and my issue this week remains the same issue that I brought up on Tuesday during the Fast Lane after show, and that is that a, a teenager could have predicted how this card was going to turn out despite the fact that we've gotten almost no um advertised matches previous to to this week finishing up Mm -hmm. this week is when they made a lot of wrestlemania matches official and on 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 top of on top of that and then then we'll get into the specifics of raw and, and really uh start the start the review portion um but on on top on top of all of that wwe is obsessed with gaining mainstream recognition and that is one thing that i cannot stand because by and large the mainstream media doesn't belong in pro wrestling. Yep. Because they don't understand the art form for what it is. And hell, I'm beginning to think that that Vince McMahon and fucking Bruce Pritchard certainly don't understand what the art of pro wrestling is anymore. Are you, um, not, are you not looking forward to Bad Bunny versus The Miz? No. <laughs> and... You know what? You you must have been reading my mind because that was my next point, right? So it's it is reported that both Damian Priest and uh, John Morrison are dealing with injuries, Uh-oh. and that they might not be cleared for WrestleMania. If that isn't the case, take Bad Bunny the fuck off the card. But I have a question. How, how ridiculous is John Morrison's hair look? Oh, it, it's it, 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 it's so ridiculous. It's 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 not. But bro, I can't even laugh. None of this is amusing. You know, it, it's Saturday night as we're sitting here having this chat, and we are. It is now. It is now seven fifty. PM right now as I'm looking at my cl- at my clock. In just over 48 hours, a music video featuring the Miz and John Morrison. Oh, 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 oh. I hey, saw hey. I, I saw the preview. Oh, 
That was bad. Well, well, I I didn't see the preview, so please spare me the pain. Well, no, no, well, good because uh, they did it uh, during Miss TV. Oh, for fuck's sake! Oh, you didn't? Yeah. Well, you, you didn't see Miss TV, did you? Oh well, no! No, you, oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, no, but then, then, yeah, they, they, they just they said, "Here's a preview of our video, which premieres next week." Oh well, then I did see that. I thought you were talking about something like on the bump or some shit. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, oh. but yeah, this is. Um, I mean, the the only news that is conceivably worse than Bad Bunny being at WrestleMania. Is the fact that the great colleague is going into the Hall of Fame. Oh, you don't like that? No. Why not? Because he sucks. Well, he, um, but he is a big dude. Well, you know, so are certain people's, you know, egos, such as Vince McMahon. I don't think that he should be in the Hall of Fame either. Oh, wait, he's in there, isn't he? If he's not now, I'm sure he's going to be. Oh, I thought I seriously, you know, I seriously thought he was in there. Oh, <laughs> no, no, he's not. But on the on the good side of the WWE Hall of Fame, uh, I'm hearing that, uh, courtesy of uh, of Davy Boy Smith Jr. that his um that his dad is finally going in. That's good. Stu Hart. Oh no, sorry, the yeah, British Bulldog. Yeah. Fine, fine. Wait, I thought he was already in there, going in or already in there. No, he, he was never in there. Oh, okay. No, I thought I saw like posts about like, or maybe yes, there was posts like saying that he should be in there. Or should... Oh, yeah. yeah, all right. Okay, so, um, Ben, we say we get into this uh, week's review because our show is going to be shorter with uh, having done Raw on um, Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, um, tonight we have AEW, Dynamite, NXT, and SmackDown, along with Ben's homework corner, which may have to take a bit of a hiatus. So yeah, and we, actually, we will keep you up to date. And actually, let me let me explain that right off the bat. So, up until WrestleMania in, in uh, three weeks, we will be doing it. Um, but after that, um, I think it's going to have to take at least a hiatus until August, according to what I'm hearing, because uh, Peacock is very slow in pulling all of the content off of WWE Network. Come on, and, smart enough. And moving it onto their platform. Now, I understand that something like that takes time. So I'm not I'm not being an asshole when I say this, but if if this was not going to uh, if all your content from the network wasn't going to be ready to go on Peacock until August, then why doesn't Peacock just launch in August? Because, look, if 
Number one, you gotta be ready to go when you make a move like that. It can't, you know, you can't have your half, your foot halfway in and halfway out the door. It just doesn't work like that. Um, and then no, number two, you know, Peacock already got off to a bad start because they debuted with Fastlane and not WrestleMania, so that was a big snafu. You know, they're ha- they're having all sorts of issues. Why not just keep the network as it is right now and then move it all over and then shut down WWE Network once it's all completed? But no, the only place to stream WrestleMania is Peacock, and I just can't believe it. And on top of that... Breaking news, lady, because literally, I don't know if if you guys knew this. I don't, because I don't, obviously, I don't know what everybody's cable provider is. But on um, on Xfinity, WWE Network is free for existing customers. Or, or, or I should say, Peacock is free. Peacock Premium, which is which is the services offering WWE Network, is already free, and yet oh, they're, they're they're running all these commercials. Oh, you can get it from it was going to be four ninety nine a month, but if you use this special offer, it'll be two ninety nine a month. Um, are these ignoramus is not even aware of what? of what the platform that they're promoting is doing because it's free. I'm using the entirety of Peacock, not just WWE Network for free. I haven't paid a single cent. There was no, there was no credit card form to fill out, no visa, no, no MasterCard, no nothing. It is dead ass free. Wow. It is as free as the advice that we give on a daily basis that nobody at WWE listens to because they don't give a fuck about what their fans want. Uh, You know, you would would think now, now it sounds like I'm being a smart ass and all that stuff. I'm really not. But it just it just seems to me that this is not being handled properly, you know. Especially when when you're dealing with such a big move as this, wouldn't you want to have all your ducks in a row before before you go ahead and put put something live on the air? I mean, come on. So. I I don't know. I'm I'm just not impressed with it. I mean, I'll yeah. give it I'll give it time, you know, and see, and see how much they move over at once. But but just from the jump, not having WrestleMania be their you know their first offering on Peacock, that was already a misfire. But you know. I digress. So let's move into the meat and potatoes yeah, of the show. Uh, and uh, we have AEW Dynamite first up. So, Ben, go on. 
Okay, well, at least it's at least it's not Monday Night Raw. Thank God for small miracles. Um. Okay, so I'm just gonna do the the highs and lows. Um, because I don't want to be here all night long. As much as I, as much as I love you. Um. So actually, the first match was very very good, and that that. That has to be a highlight, and I'm, I'm surprised given that it was Kenny Omega versus Matt, si- Matt Seidel. And I had expected this to be an absolute squash, especially when, when they announced that if Matt Seidel wins and he gets a, a AEW championship opportunity. As soon as I heard that, I thought it was going to be a uh, squash. Now, now obviously, um, Omega really does dominate the majority of the match. Um, but having said that, um, Seidel got a lot more offense in than I would have anticipated. Um, as a matter of fact, he got a near fall that... I thought was a three count. Um, now, and, uh, hold on, Ben. There was some confusion here. Now, was this for the championship? No. No. Actually, I. Well, no, you know what? I'm the website I'm using here says uh, for the AEW World Championship, but uh, Bleacher said it was the A. It was an AEW Championship Eliminator match. Yeah, well, that's what it was. It, it was. I don't know what website you're using, but clearly they stuck because this was not a championship match. Okay, no, because we were confused on the other show that I do. Uh, we were confused about that because we were talking about that. We were asking ourselves that very same thing on uh, Wednesday. Well, in, in in your defense, so was I. But I, I double checked and it was not it was not uh, a world title match. Oh yeah. But yeah, there was like I said, there was this one uh, spot um, where um, where I really thought that Omega was gonna lose. It, um, it, and obviously Matt Seidel was not going to. Uh, not going to beat Kenny Omega, so it was just, it was just stupid. But it it was it was a nice showing for uh, Kenny Omega, and what and I, I actually liked the um, the the segment after the match because you know how you know how for weeks and weeks it seemed like. Um, the Young Bucks were going to fully turn heel and join up with um, the, yep. the Bullet Club and Kenny Omega permanently. Yep. Well, that's been put to bed, and I'm, I'm glad it was because uh, Omega got on the mic and was talking, and he was talking to the Young Bucks, and he was like, I'm going to give you one more chance to to throw him up, and he and he throw, throws up the two sweet sign, and they don't um, 
and they don't return it. Instead, they they double super kick Omega, and then and then out comes out comes the uh, Good Brothers, uh, and they came out slower than I would have come out, and a wheelchair and the the steps that make up um, AEW's stage set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that wouldn't be a good combination because stairs and wheelchairs just don't mix. Um, but even with that, I I would have gotten out there faster than than the young or than the Good Brothers did. So I can see the Good Brothers um, turning on Omega at some point too because they don't seem too heavily invested in helping him out. So that that's gonna be a that's gonna be an interesting uh, turn as well. Okay. Um, but but the 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 match and the fact that the young bucks did not join up with him, um, all of that together that that was a highlight for me. Um, and then. I really don't understand why why they do these elongated squash matches followed up by another squash match because a low point was Hangman Adam Page versus Cesar Bononi in the next match. And my only question is why? Yeah. I mean, what 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 is this? I mean you know, we 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 see Paige hit all of his offense, and then nothing, and then it's just a one two three, and a very simple pin. I mean, what is the what is the point of this? So um, you know, so that has to be a low point, and then um, let's let's see what what, what let's see yeah. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Yes. So the the thing about the, the Caesar Venomni match, as I was saying, is like I understand that certain people gotta get on there, you know, because you gotta make a show or something, but I don't understand AEW's propensity for what I thought was an extended squash match with Kenny Omega and and Matt Seidel. And then you have the um, Cesar Vanoni versus Hangman Page. You know, what, what was the point of that? You know, uh, Hangman hit his, hit his signature maneuvers and that was it. So I don't, I don't understand that. So... I what I put that on TV, no, and that's why I um, that's why I have to list it as a low point. If you want Hangman on TV, just all you have to do is what you did with him earlier, or or I should say later in the evening. You know, have him wish Johnny Hungy luck against Darby Allen uh, for the TNT title in the in the main event. That's all you got to do. You know, some sometimes I just think AEW overbooks itself. Um, but having 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 said that, it was only uh, you know t- two minutes. So I I guess 
I guess if I'm being hospitable, I'll have to give it a pass. But it still gets a low point. It, yeah, for it, me, for me, it was a low point for me too. So, so the um, the ultimate uh, high point for me was was um, Britt Baker's promo. If yes. you guys, if you guys have not heard this promo, go back and take a look at it. I swear to God, I, it, this, you know, when, when Britt Baker first started, I was, I was like, well, she definitely has an X factor with her personality and she can definitely cut a promo and the, the in-ring stuff needed work. But, um, but after last week with the, with the, killer match that she had with Thunder Rosa, she was on a whole different level. And I dare say that this promo put her on a different level even even more on, in my book. This promo was fantastic. So if you haven't um, if you haven't heard it, definitely uh, definitely come on and uh, you know and take a look at it because I think you'll like it. But Speaking of, of something that I I did not like as we go from one thing to the next, Elio, can you explain to me this thing with QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes? Nope, because this is just weird. I, I, I don't get it. And uh, Yeah, this was a little point for me. Why is Cody Rhodes involved in these stupid storylines and then, and, and then it, it's announced that um, that Brandy Rhodes and Cody have a reality show on TNT. I don't care. I don't care. So all of that has to be a low point, and it just and and further and furthermore. Why, why would AEW want to do this reality show? I, I mean, I, I get it. I'm not stupid. It's exposure. It'll probably bring in some female fans because of the pregnancy and all that stuff. I'm not stupid, but I, I, it, it's just not necessary, and I couldn't care any less. It's not possible. It, I just really don't give a single fuck. Um, and then, uh, oh my god, Nyla, Nyla Rose versus Tay Conti, kill me now. We're just gonna skip that if I can't Oh, you know, you know, like that, I kind of, that was my low point and my high point, and I'll tell you why. It was low because it started out slow, and, but, like, it's, and it was my high point because it, it, um, Picked up uh, towards the end, but also because Ty Conti won. Yeah, well, and, and that that was a, that was a really good part of it, I guess. So I stand corrected. I will withdraw it as a low point. It's just whenever I see Nyla Rose, it's just like oh, low point. Um, but yeah, yeah, but that was that was all the noteworthy stuff I had for. Uh, 
for AEW. I um, you know, I know some people um will will want to talk about the the main event. Um, but to me, uh, to me, to me, the main event was Britt Baker's promo. Mm-hmm. The 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 show could have ended. I mean, like, look, because Darby Allen and, and John Silver had a good match. I disreviewed it. I'm looking at it, calling it an awesome match. I wouldn't go that far. Um, but you know, it it is what it is. I just if I sound less than enthusiastic, honestly, I didn't enjoy this episode of of uh, Dynamite too much. Okay. They, they, they've had quite a few down weeks, and this was definitely one of them. But all I think credit they've had a couple of up weeks, though, in between. I yeah. Thought. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But this this was not um, this was not one of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With the, with the exception of Britt Baker, because that yep. was that was awesome. But we will switch over to Elio with his take on NXT, and I will be getting educated as well because I did not see NXT this week. Oh, okay. Um, all right, NXT. Let's see what we have here because, you know, I actually, like you, I, I didn't see it either, but I did uh, get the result in the notes. So let's take a look at what we, we had. So of course the opening match is always one of my it's always it's always a, a highlight when Zoe Stark is in the ring. Agreed. I love Zoe Stark. Agreed. I I, I like and her too. Not, and and it's not only for the fact that she looks like my girlfriend, so <laughs> I'll just throw that up there. Sorry, ladies. Uh, Oh, Elio's off the market. Yes, I'll have to get. I'll I'll have to get more. Uh, I have to get more details about that off the air. I did not know that. Um, but uh, but yes, you learn something new every week. No, okay. You you said you like LA Knight. Okay. Um. Then we had Bronson Reed and LA Knight. Um. Kevin Cross and Oni Larkin. Uh, Walter versus Drake Maverick was just really weird. Uh, it 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 uh, it uh, yeah. was, it was twenty five twenty five second squash match, and I thought it was a very Drake Maverick was a very odd choice to put in the ring against Walter. Yeah, that's like putting Rey Mysterio in the ring with Great Kali. It doesn't work. Or or putting Rey Mysterio. Against Kevin Nash and uh, Kevin Nash launching him like a dart against against the tr- the outside of the trailer, and of course we do have to get the uh, honorary WCW mention. And as yesterday was the was the anniversary That's of right. the final nature twenty years ago. So yeah, where were you? You, you saw that when it was on live, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. We we that was simulcast with uh, Raw. That's right. Yeah, I believe that was simulcast with Raw. Yeah, I mean, even even in my like even being a little bit older because I was thirteen at the time, I still didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. 
Only because I saw the I saw the the actual the clip on uh, Facebook earlier this week with Shane McMahon and Vince on the split screen. Right. So, uh, Ali and Mercedes Martinez losing Tampa Moon, Shotzi Blackheart. I like Aliyah. I don't care. She wins or loses, it doesn't matter. I still like her. Well, let, let me let me ask you something. Why why do you think Aliyah was teaming with Mercedes Martinez? Because that that doesn't seem like a logical tag team. Um. Well, isn't Mercedes part of the uh, part of the Robertson brand? Is she? I'm I'm not sure. I'm I'm wondering. Yeah. This I, is a... I don't know. I I remember that. Uh, I remember a short while back where uh, she was like talking with Robert Stone, and I thought that they actually assigned her with the Robert Stone brands. I could be really, really, because the last time I saw Mercedes Martinez, she was murdering um, Shasi Blackheart. I think. Well, cause I, I like I said, I might I might be mistaken, but I don't know. I was just because I saw her like talking with Robert Stone, or that, but I'm not sure if that went anywhere after. No, I'm I'm not sure either. So so maybe um, we have maybe it, maybe it was just a one time thing, possibly. And then uh, the main event, we had Jordan Devlin defeating Kushida in nine minutes and twenty three seconds, and. Oh, I should uh, I should point out that the previous match I had mentioned was Aliyah and Mercedes Martinez losing to Ember Moon Chelsea Blackheart. It was for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Well, well, that makes it even more random. <laughs> but um, but uh, the one segment that I'm not liking this thing is uh, the Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly contract signing. I just don't. I don't know. I. This whole thing, I I don't like contract signings. Like Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly don't need it. But also, like the, this whole storyline. What do you think about the whole storyline in general? Um, I the, would the way not, it's playing out. I don't mind it, but this is coming from a guy who wouldn't have broken up undisputed air. Yeah, but the the promos though are aren't that great though. Yeah, I um, I'm just I'm having uh, I'm having issues buying into the badass Kyle O'Reilly. And uh, the and the Adam, yeah and the Adam Cole promo sounds so forced. It's not the usual promos that we're used to hearing. Yeah, um, you know I know it could be argued that Undisputed Era were heels, but I never really viewed them as such. And so this... no, then they turned face when they started feuding with uh, the Kings of NXT. Because <laughs> I, I thought that Pat McAfee was the heel in that feud. Uh, well, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I at least I thought so. Um, but yeah, there's something about it that's not clicking. How, but. But having said that, the match at uh, NXT Stand and Deliver will be amazing. Mm-hmm. So that is our review, our review of NXT. We are going to turn it back over to Ben for Friday Night SmackDown, Ben. Oh, joy. Oh, no. But, but, but you, you don't sound happy. <laughs> no, no, actually, actually, I kind of... I kind of am because I can get this done very succinctly. Oh, okay. 
All you guys need to do mm-hmm. is watch the beginning and the end. The beginning and the end. Uh, exactly. the, the, the beginning was, um, oh, was that uh, promo between uh, Daniel Bryan and, um, yeah, it was Daniel Bryan uh, uh, temporarily taking uh, SmackDown hostage until they got his, uh, what he wanted. Yeah. So, okay. so it, as Elio said, um, did, did we. We start off the show with with Daniel Bryan, and he he wants to have a little chat with Edge. Uh, it, it, at first, it it doesn't quite go his way because here comes Adam Pierce. I I you know I swear to God. I, I I swear to God, Adam Pierce gets more TV time than half the goddamn roster. He sounds like Batman too. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, he does. So he says that everybody saw the truth at at Fastlane, and, and that Roman was saying that he would never tap out, but he did. And of course, the ref didn't see it because he was knocked down along with Edge. Um, but um, he, he said that if if things had, if things had gone the way that they were supposed to, and had the ref not been down, then Daniel Bryan would be Universal Champion right now. Um, and one of the other line, one of the other lines that I liked is is that. Um, Daniel Bryan said that he's been—he's been more of an opportunist this WrestleMania season than Edge has, which is true because you know Edge has really come off as like you know threes a crowd kind of thing in this, kind of like a afterthought because it was. We all know it was supposed to be Edge versus Roman Reigns, and I was screaming at the top of my lungs to anybody who could possibly listen that it should be Daniel Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns at Mania. Um, if we can't have that, then I'm glad that that we got the triple threat because it makes it it makes this whole dynamic make a little bit more sense. So. Um, but the one thing that I don't, that I did not like about this promo was that Brian was, was tripping over his words a lot. You see, that's what I'm saying. This, this thing of Brian, I don't like this thing of Brian with his promos because they're just, it sounds like he's trying to remember lines. Yeah, well, you know, it's like I like the story. I like the storyline. That's why I said I like the promo because it 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 really feels like okay, this is WrestleMania season now, right. and I I wasn't getting that feeling beforehand, and it was driving me absolutely nuts because even at the Royal Rumble, it didn't feel like WrestleMania season. This WrestleMania season has been the worst I've ever seen, bar none. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this opening to 
to uh, SmackDown finally gave me something to uh, to grab onto. So I was very happy about that. So we get back in from commercial after um, after Brian sits down in the in the middle of the ring holding SmackDown hostage. Uh, here, like I said, here comes Adam Pierce. Um, that says he he can't give uh, Brian a universal title match tonight. Uh, he said the referee is um, the, he, just, he says the referee's decision is final. I'm tripping over my words like Daniel Bryan because I'm trying to remember this shit. And yeah, can I just uh, interrupt you because I have I was just looking on Facebook and I. I don't know if you saw this uh, or if you saw this in the news about the Peacock and WB. What's that? As to why they're taking time. Because apparently WWE Network and Peacock is reviewing and editing all WWE controversial and racist moments prior to the move. Yeah, I did. And that's going to take a long time to review 17,000 hours of content. <laughs> right. <laughs> they should have had. They should have planned that out before they made <laughs> oh, the announcement. Oh no! I'm just. I brought that up because I'm just seeing it now. I didn't. I didn't see it um, before. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. This peacock thing is is not getting off to a very auspicious yeah. start. Okay. So uh, back to SmackDown. I just want. I just uh, that just caught my attention. I wanted to put that out there. Right. So, so after, um, after Brian goes through all these, uh, you know, potential solutions with Adam Pierce as to how he could earn his way to WrestleMania, um, here comes, here comes Edge and he is nuclear pissed off. And, and he's, he says that for the last month he's watched Brian behave like a knight in shining armor, and now he's been dreaming of, of getting back to WrestleMania. He says that Mania's second night is the 10-year anniversary of his retirement, and this is his dream. Uh, he says that he says that. Daniel Bryan doesn't deserve another shot because he's lost to Roman Reigns twice, and that was that was a valid argument. That was a very good, that was a very good heel argument um, by uh, by Edge. And then after after um, after a little bit more back and forth, we see Edge spearing Daniel Bryan, and then. Throughout the evening, it's a theme. Like, what? It, what is? What is um, Adam Pierce's final decision going to be? You know, it, it is Roman going to wrestle two nights, or is it going to be a triple threat match? How is Daniel Bryan going to get into the WrestleMania 37 picture? Well, apparently, uh, Roman Reigns made it very clear that. He is only contractually obligated to uh, wrestle one night, and then that's 
exactly what he's what they're getting from from him at WrestleMania is one night he's not doing two. And quite frankly, it was a good heel move. Yes, I get that. But it was also I appreciated it because it was that rare little bit of logic. And WWE doesn't do a very good job with logic. But I appreciated the fact that they didn't allow the two-night thing because why in the hell would a heel WWE champion or universal champion in this case, I apologize, agree to defend his title on back-to-back nights? As Roman being the heel, being the biggest heel in the company, that doesn't make any sense. So I'm glad they didn't go in that direction. So ultimately, the decision was made at the end of the night that there's going to be a triple threat match between Edge, Daniel Bryan, and Roman Reigns. And while it's not what I wanted, because I wanted Reigns and Bryan in a singles match, this is definitely better than Edge versus Reigns. Because there's no investment in in, uh, Edge versus Reigns because they don't have any history with each other. They don't. Uh, no, no matter how, no matter how much WWE tries, the story has always been Brian versus Reigns. So Brian had to be in there in some capacity. So I'm very, I'm very happy about that. Um, and then pretty much, pretty much that was the only th- two things that you had to keep in mind with, um, with uh, SmackDown. Because I didn't care about anything else at all. Yeah, this was uh, just, uh, it was not bad SmackDown, but it wasn't great. Well, because other than other than the opening and the closing, nothing else was notable. Yeah. Nothing. It, it just... Although... <laughs> Although I did like Cesaro swinging Seth Rollins backstage, <laughs> I I like that too. I have I have to tell you, I you know because here's the thing, right? So night two of WrestleMania looks a lot better than night one. So I'm hoping that uh, that we get a good. Um, that we get a good WrestleMania. It's just the build has been terrible. And with a few notable exceptions, there's been nothing to care about on the road to WrestleMania. And that's my problem. Because, you know, with Raw, you have a three-hour show and it's atrocious. And then with with SmackDown, especially, especially last night, you know, you have a two-hour show where... It's only the beginning and the end that really matters to the viewer. And that's a lot of filler time, bro. I mean, that's a lot. Yep. All right. Those are reviews for uh, this week in wrestling. Ben, we're going to move over to uh, your homework corner, sir. Oh, oh joy. <laughs> well, I already have a hat on. I think we can call it my thinking cap. Alrighty. So I'm prepared now. So this week, uh, we uh, your assignment was um, SummerSlam 1989, and this took place on 
August the 28th, 1989 from the Meadowlands Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Exactly. And we on the announced team, we had Jesse Ventura and Tony Schiavone. It was weird oh, seeing... Uh, it, it was weird seeing Schiavone in the WWF. Yeah, yeah, he had a short run there because he he also made an appearance at WrestleMania Five. Yeah, he was. I think he was only there from ninety to ninety one. You mean eighty nine? I just said WrestleMania Five. WrestleMania Five was in eighty nine. Oh yeah, so yeah. eighty nine to ninety one. Wow. Okay. See, I didn't even know that. I just, for me, it was just it just felt like a blank. For like how short of a time he was there, I didn't realize it was that short. I thought it was much shorter. Well, it might have, it might have been. I, you know, but yeah. Okay. But anyway, so we have our dark match prior to the uh, prior to the event. We had Dino Bravo defeating Coco Beware. Uh, yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> All right, so the main. So we begin with tag team action. The Brainbusters defeating the Heart Foundation. They gave this match 16 minutes and 23 seconds. And, and this match was awesome. It was so weird for me to see Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson outside of the Four Horsemen. <laughs> yep. It was, and, and even it was even more weird to see. Arn Anderson not in WCW. Now I'll now I'll, t- I'll tell you around this time I believe um earlier in the year I was in the hospital I was like sick, sick in the hospital so um and my parents came to visit me my parents and my brothers came to visit me they brought me a WF magazine with Bruce Beefcake on the cover yeah. So uh, I'm not sure exactly at what point um, the Brainbusters joined WBF, but uh, I had heard the name, the Brainbusters. I was just didn't know like who they were until I actually uh, started watching WBF again when I got back home. So then well, I saw that it was uh, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Yeah, I mean this was this, this was a great match. Yep. Um, I mean, how could how could you go wrong with Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard versus the Hard Foundation? Yeah, I mean, this to me, this was so much better than um, you know the Hard Foundation versus Demolition from <laughs> the next year, and I think that was because I was so confused because mm-hmm. um, at, at the time. Talk, talking about watching uh, SummerSlam 90, I didn't realize that Crush was involved. So, from my perspective, the match was just turned into a three-on-two handicap match, and I didn't really understand why. Right. So, so it was it was very confusing. But just having um, just having this straight-up uh, clinic with these guys. Um, you know, I don't know how, I don't know what the, um, I don't, I don't know what the age bracket is for the majority of the people that watch this podcast, 
Um, but um, but yeah, if you have not seen SummerSlam '90, uh, go back and watch this match in particular because you mean this match, or I'm sorry, yeah, '89. Um, I keep saying '90 because we did uh, '90 last week. Um, but uh, yeah, this this match was really good. I and mean, then you know what other match was my high point, and this literally shocked the hell out of me. Which was what? It was Ultimate Warrior Rick Rude. Mm-hmm. That that was a good Ultimate Warrior match. Now before we get there, I'm gonna I'm, I told you off air like because you asked me which one I thought was better, ninety or eighty nine, and I told you I thought eighty nine was better. IMDb agrees with me because. 90 got a 7.0, while uh, 89 got a 7.1 out of 10. Okay, well, you know, I I have to I have to say I would have given it more than a, just a slight edge over 90 because I was um I was drastically more entertained. Okay, Ben, I have an yeah. answer. I have an answer to your question about. You're not sure what the age group is that listens to this show? Yeah. I'm on Anchor right now, and 53% are between 28 and 34. Oh, so you, you guys are my age. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, well and, and um, I, actually, I think that's just based on the Spotify stats. And the Spotify stats are only 2% of the total listenership. So that's why I said I don't really know. Because I, I had seen that before. Right. Um, but but I don't know I don't know how reflective that is of the overall audience or just a, the tiny little percentage on Spotify. Okay. Now um so our next match we had Dusty Rhodes defeating the Honky Tonk Man. They gave this nine minutes thirty-six seconds. Um, I, I, I mean, I liked it. I, you know, I think, uh, I always get a kick out of seeing Jimmy Hart. Yep. Uh, you know, cause it seemed like he was managing everybody. Yep. Um, you know, and I, I was never really a fan of the honky tonk man. So I, I don't think anyone was, <laughs> I, I, la- I laughed my ass off, even though I knew it was coming cause I've been watching wrestling for too long. I laughed my ass off when uh, Jimmy Hart accidentally hit uh, Honky Tonk Man with the guitar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. Um, but, but, you know, it, but it, it really, you know what really struck me? With this. With this match is just how entertaining uh, Dusty Rhodes is. And, you know, it, this was not, it's not like it's breaking news to me. I, of course, we we know how good Dusty Rhodes is, but it just got me thinking, like, because he he didn't have the body for it, he wasn't nearly as, um, or he didn't seem nearly as athletic as he was, you know. But just the whole package just worked for him. Yeah, like he made everything that he was involved in feel important, and I think. I think this match really um, grabbed my attention because 
I, if Dusty Rhodes hadn't have been the one facing him, I wouldn't have cared about the match at all because I don't care about the honky tonk man. But right. Dusty Rhodes made me care about it. Then we had Mr. Perfect defeating the Red Rooster, and they gave this three minutes and twenty-one seconds. This was pretty much a squash. I was not, but I was pissed. I, I well, was, why? Because because I love Kurt Hennig. Oh, you were uh, mad because of uh, the opponent that he had to face. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, and I was I was mad because um be, because I could only watch him for th- for three minutes. Yeah. Yo. I mean, who gives a fuck about Terry Taylor? And for the for those of you who are like, who the fuck is Terry Taylor? Terry Terry Taylor was a red rooster. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, because prior to WWF, he was actually somewhat uh, decent uh, from what I, from what I saw when he was like in the UWF of 1986. Yeah, well, that was, that was before my time. Yeah, no, so so I'm saying WWF killed him with this uh, gimmick. Well, yeah, I mean, if you start Ric Flair with that gimmick, your Ric Flair is gonna be dead. I mean, the Red Rooster is a is a clusterfuck. Yep. Okay, then we had a six man tag team match. Rick Martel teaming up with the Russo brothers. They defeated Tito Santana and the Rockers. This was this was actually surprisingly really good. Okay. I, because I don't like six man tags. Neither do I. Um, but um, and I have to, I have to tell you, the um, excuse me, the partnerships um seemed a little bit odd. And I'll tell you, I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell you, I don't you don't know the story behind this, do you? No. All right, I'll tell you the story. First of all, I can tell you about the Rujos and the Rockers. Rujos and the Rockers uh, were in a feud, um, so apparently. Every time the Rougeaus came out, like, well, they were always interrupted. Then uh, one week they had to face the Rockers. So their music was playing. They were in the ring. They were going to sing along to their entrance theme, which was All American Boys, okay? But they were cut off by the Rockers' entrance music. So they had finally had enough. So they went and attacked the Rockers and they. They uh, took uh, Jimmy Hart's megaphone and they hit uh, Shawn Michaels in the face and they took him out. They took him out. They bloodied him. So that's a few. So that's a few. The one part uh, that we have in this match here, and the other part is Rick Martel and Tito Santana were strike force, which you I'm sure you remember. Yes. And um, they split at WrestleMania five because um, I believe they were facing the Brainbusters, and uh, Santana accidentally uh, was accidentally knocked into Rick Martel, and Martel uh, was uh, was uh, pushed off the apron, and then he he got back up on the apron. He was holding his uh, side of his head, and then afterwards at at the end of the match, uh, he turns on uh, Santana, and that's when he became Rick the Model Martel. 
Say that last part one more time. So he, after getting pushed off the ring apron, he got back up on there. He's holding his the side of his head. All right. Okay. And then after they lose to the Brainbusters, Martel turns on Tito Santana. And so he turns heel, and that's when he's... And that was around the time that he started becoming the model, Rick Martel. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just... Um, I The first time you explained it, I, I had trouble following uh, the last yeah. part. But I, I got you now. Okay. And then... Yeah. That, Go on. So, which thing is match? Oh, I, I actually, um, I actually really enjoyed it, um, which, which surprised me because, um, because I don't really like um, six man tags because it, it they just get so convoluted. Yep. Um, but but the one thing that that confused me, um, what were Jimmy Hart and Slick doing with the Rujos? Slick was managing Rick Martel and Jimmy Hart was managing the Russo brothers. What? That that just seems like random pairings. Oh, Jimmy Hart. Uh, well, he. Well, you like you, you even said it. Jimmy Hart does seem to be managing everyone. Well, he maybe he was managing the Russo brothers and Dino Bravo. Uh, uh, well, I, I guess I made my own point then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we get to, we come to the next match that we were just talking about a while back. Ultimate Warrior defeating Rick Rude to become the new Intercontinental Champion. And, and, look, and let me tell you, this match shocked the hell out of me because I'll be honest with you, okay? Um, I, I've explained this on a recent episode. But I, I've never been a fan of the Ultimate Warrior right. um, for a few reasons. One, because he was a little bit before my time. And by the time he had his run in WCW when I was old enough to like really grasp you know, wrestling and, and, st- and things like that, yeah. he, he was just too far gone. Now, when he was... When he had his WWE run, and I was like three, four, or five years old, I was like, "What? What the? F-? You know, my little my, my little three year old brain is like, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> the moon. You ears, You need to open your ears and listen to me when I speak. The the moon and the stars and the and the solar system." <laughs> <laughs> What? what? <laughs> the moon and the stars will align. Okay, sure. <laughs> so, you know, long story short, three, four-year-old me was very, very confused. Uh, so, um, um, okay, so, go on. But, but having said all that, this was by far the best performance I've ever seen by the Ultimate Warrior. Okay. I actually enjoyed that match. And I, I honestly, I've never enjoyed an Ultimate Warrior match pr- prior to prior to this one and WrestleMania 6. Okay. 
All right, so our, ne- our next one is another six-man tag match. Uh, so we yeah. have Jim Duggan teaming up with Demolition, and they defeated Andre the Giant and the Twin Towers, Big Boss Man and Akeem. I was I was blown away that Andre the Giant lost. I was blown away that he lost on a pay per view. Yep. I, I now granted I had never seen this show before because because I would have been two years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know wrestling. I'm sorry, what you would have been two years? Oh, you would have been two years old. Would you have been one? You were born in '88, sir. This is 1989. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, but it's just um, you know, so. I started grasping wrestling around eight or nine, despite the fact that I've been watching it since three. I mean, when I was really young, I was just fascinated by it, like the characters. But by the time I started really understanding it, uh, you know, Ultimate Warrior was like, you know, like I didn't give a fuck. Okay. But um, anyway, uh, moving on. Um, but anyway. Um. Oh, where were? Oh, where were we? Yeah, oh, yes. and demolition. Oh yeah. So why in the hell would they have Andre the Giant lose? That was very. Um, that was very surprising to me. And 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 on top of that, um, you know, I I was not a Twin Towers guy. I was, I was more of a demolition guy. Um, actually, you know, they're they're my fa- probably my favorite retro tag team. Okay. From from like the from that time period, I would say my ultimate favorite tag team is Harlem Heat, but because that was that was around the time where I really started to understand wrestling. But in terms of being fascinated by something as a kid, right. it was it was demolition. Okay. Yep. I love these guys. These guys were great. They were my one of my favorite teams. Yeah, back <laughs> back when tag team wrestling actually meant something in WWE. Yeah, Vince. Uh take notes, Vinny. All right. <laughs> You don't even have a tag team title match on WrestleMania, you stupid fuck. Match number seven. Greg Valentine defeats Hercules with help from the ropes. Hercules must have been a much bigger deal than I thought he was. He was, he was a pretty big deal. He was part of the of, uh, the Heenan family at the, um, like earlier earlier on, like yeah, he was part of the human family. Uh, well, you know, I maybe it was just because it was before my time. Well, but I that, that was like, like around 86, 87, because prior to that, he was managed by Fred Blassie. Then Fred Blassie sold his contract to Bobby Heenan. Hercules became part of the human family. Then um, around November, December, he, he turns face and uh, helps uh, Randy Savage. And so, yeah, this was his uh, face run at this time because Greg Valentine was still a heel. 
Thank, thank God I have you on to do this show on me, man. Because like literally, I I thought that I was like a wrestling story, and in the last couple of weeks, you've actually kind of like made me look bad. But in the pro in but in the process, I've actually learned a lot about wrestling in the eighties. So it's actually been kind of cool. But like, it's like, damn, maybe I don't know as much as I thought I did. <laughs> No, no, because there's like a 30-year time frame where I, like, from the 90s on up, I would say like a 25-year time frame where I know a lot about pro wrestling. Well, I still have a lot to learn uh, from my Amazon Fire Stick. There's a lot of 80s wrestling I'd really like to check out, uh, like from Memphis and Texas that on uh, on um, the app I was telling you about. So yeah. I still have a lot to learn myself about the 80s. Absolutely. So next we have Ted DiBiase defeating Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Snuka made his return earlier at, in the year at WrestleMania 5. Now, now part, pardon me, but the, the, this could just be me. Um, what was Snuka still a big deal at this point, or was he past his prime? Uh, this was, I think he was uh, winding down around at this point, because the following year, um, no, the following two years, like in 91 at WrestleMania 7, uh, he he lost to The Undertaker, which began Undertaker's uh, streak. Okay. No, I just wanted to get some a uh, backstory on it because I was I was a little bit um, confused. Like he was a big deal, like when he made his return because uh, people hadn't seen like all the fans that remember his run from the early eighties hadn't seen him in a while in a long time. So it was like a big deal in the moment. Like even for me because I had never I had never saw him in his. Uh, in the early 80s. I remember him from the cartoon back in like 84, 85. Right. And that was... Um, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do know that. I'm not that stupid. No, uh, I, thought, I thought you were talking about that that was uh, what? Because uh, I, I think I cut you off because you were about to say that was something. No, that, well, and... and I was going to say rock and wrestling is where I first heard of Jimmy Snuka because that was before yeah. I that was before I found out about the you know the infamous uh, coconut you know. incident in the Piper's Pit. Yeah, yes, there's that, and then of course diving off the cage. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Before I knew, I about swear, any of I that. swear, no, that 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 match is ruined for me after watching it. Ah, oh, I, I. Ah, uh, now it's ruined. I, I, I really thought all those, all these years that that Superfly was part of the match. I didn't know that it took place afterwards. Yeah, well, they don't really go out of their way to remind you that it happened afterwards. Now, do they? No, and then, uh, and then to find out that like he actually uh, helped uh, Morocco uh, win by headbutting him in the corner. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Yeah, and um. <laughs> and you would you would have thought that you you would have thought that he learned his lesson about doing stuff like that. <laughs> and that brings us to our main event. This was 
Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake defeating Randy Savage and Zeus. Ben, what can you tell me about Zeus? I, or as I know him, Devo! From Fridays, yes. I, uh, yeah, I, um, I absolutely love those movies. The, the first two are awesome. But, um, but yeah, apparently he wasn't that good of a wrestler. Well, he, uh, wasn't, he wasn't really a, a wrestler. He was brought in to portray a wrestler. Yeah, well, well and, but leading, leading up to this, uh, leading up to this pay-per-view, I had done a little bit of research mm-hmm. on the guy. Because I, as we just said, I knew him as an actor. Right. I didn't. I didn't really know he was an act. I didn't really know he was in the ring because I thought he was just in that movie, No Holds Barred. Oh, bad, bad, bad movie. I don't know. It's it's so bad that it's 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 a classic because it's such a bad movie. <laughs> well, no, but, but my my point is the reason yeah. I. Thought the reason I thought he was associated with Hogan was because of that movie. I didn't didn't realize he was actually like in the ring because I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching this match and I'm like, you know, he's really not that good. Um, but maybe it was just me. Um, and then, and then of course, I I I love everything to do with Sherry Martell. Mm-hmm. She, she's actually like my second favorite manager of all time, okay. behind behind Paul Bear. All right. Um, just an interesting little trivia note, um, in case anybody cared. Um, but um. But yeah, I don't know what it, what what I don't I don't know if watching this stuff back then I would have been a fan because, like, I think I would have found this kind of stuff to be cheesy. Oh, you mean I, this match? Yeah. Okay. I I don't I don't know why, but you know how you know how I've said over the last couple pay per views, you know that was kind of disappointing. I wasn't really expecting that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, late 80s wrestling kind of reminds me of, like, mid-90s wrestling. And that might be a little bit of blasphemy, but, like, I don't remember wrestling being that bad in the early days. Okay. Now, oh, what you said, uh, you said you don't remember Zeus being in the, ever being in the ring, right? Is that what you said? Oh, did we lose him? Ben? Um, I think we lost Michael. What was for fans? We'll be back. All right, so Ben, um, you were saying that uh, you, you didn't uh, know that he was... You didn't know that Zeus had been in the ring. No. Okay, well, so here's the story behind that is this is the that movie is the reason why he showed up in the WBF because story the backstory in the movie is that 
while they were filming, Hogan was in, Hulk Hogan was in character, Zeus was in character, right? Right. When filming stopped, Zeus didn't break character, so like he, Zeus was still Zeus even after filming of the movie stopped, and so they decided to bring their on-screen movie feud over cross it over to WWF. So Zeus started showing up at Saturday Night's main event. He started showing up at WWF shows, and uh, so he started uh, challenging Hogan, and so. That led to Hogan and Beefcake, uh, who started feuding with Savage at that time. That led to uh, this match because, do you remember we did uh, the main event from Three Way Thirty Nine, right, with the Mega Powers breaking splitting up? Yeah. All right, and remember when uh, Hogan uh, Savage attacked Hogan in the in the emergency room, and then a Beefcake uh, came in to break it up. Oh no! I'm sorry. We actually, we actually did. We we didn't do that one. We did the one where where the, the uh, mega powers formed, but we didn't do the one where. Oh, oh, okay, okay, we 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 should we should yeah. You know what? We can actually do that uh, next Saturday. We'll uh, we'll just do that and just slide slide that one in because it's a quick it's just a quick uh, main event thing. Yeah, we can do that even with uh, the your homework assignment. Because it's a quick show, I almost missed that show. Because my, uh, because uh, my dad sent me and my brothers to bed early, because my brothers uh, did something that got they, that got them in trouble. So we got sent to bed early. I'm like, fuck, if I missed this, come on, man. Because in my in my house, if if my brothers have to go to bed, I have to go to bed too. No exceptions. What the fuck is that? I know. <laughs> no, my dad doesn't show no favoritism. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I still snuck out to watch the main event. I got caught, though, but uh, my dad's like, it's okay, don't worry. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, just send me the date and we'll take care of that. Oh, for what? For that show, the main event? Yeah. Oh. February 3rd, 1989. Okay, yeah, I'll look it up. All right. Um, okay, I guess that drops. That's the story behind um, the main event here. Bruce Beefcake and uh, Zeus. Um, but yeah, we will get and uh, we'll touch on the backstory again after the next week. Um, so... That's the review for SummerSlam 89, Ben's Homework Corner. Ben, we seem to bring the show to a close. Before we do, I have something I found on Facebook while you were doing your SmackDown report. Oh, do I, do I bore you that much? No, you wouldn't bore me. I was just doing research for the podcast. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> now... Since it's WrestleMania season, I have in front of me your WrestleMania main event. And now your opponent is the first is the first letter of your name. And the stipulation is your birth month. Okay. So, so that would be B6. 
Yeah, now it would, now I'm gonna go first. <coughs> All right. So my, the, so of course, the first, letter, the first letter of my name is E. So I'm gonna look down the list and I have Adam Cole as my opponent. Oh, you lucky bastard. <laughs> and apparently we're gonna have a guitar on a pole match since my birthday's in March. Oh God. <laughs> I think you're gonna be luckier than me though. Uh, what's okay? Oh no! Actually, you're not. My bad. I think no. Yo, no, no. You, you yeah. son of a bitch! False advertising. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, it's important to mention that even on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, the card is indeed subject to change. And this is your opponent for WrestleMania, Drake Maverick. Oh, what the fuck? And you are scheduled that. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You are scheduled to have a brown teddy rat. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I forfeit. You can have you, you can have my money. I don't care. I am I I am I am, I am not participating in that. That's so wrong. Against trick mapping. <laughs> Holy shit. God. Now you, now you don't want to see that match. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, no one wants to see that. Just stop. Yeah, this, this segment went off the rails real quick. But this, this was a really bright idea, Elliot. Good job. <laughs> I out of curiosity, I want to see what my brothers get. Oh, God. Well, I highly doubt it's going to be worse than mine. My my brother, the one in Michigan that you have issues with, Joe? Yes. His opponent is going to be Becky Lynch. (laughs) I hate him even more. And they're going to have an Iron Man match. I hate him even more. My other brother, Paul, his opponent is The Rock. Oh, fuck all of you. <laughs> and then you do get to have an Iron Man match. Oh, fuck. You know what? All of the Canelo brothers can go fuck themselves. Hey, come on now. <laughs> hey, if I had the base straight Maverick in a fucking brawl of pain, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my revenge. God Actually, God. Adam Cole has to have a handicap match because he has to face two LAOs. Oh, God. Yeah, you and your dad, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, just out of curiosity, you got to see my mom's WrestleMania opponent. Oh, God. M. Okay, Ronda Rousey. In an ambulance match. Yes, well, uh, you know, uh, let's just say I got the worst match out of all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I was gonna, I was gonna give you Becky Lynch, damn it. 
but it, that said the letter J, so I I, I, I thought it was they were going across from left to right. Well, you should have made something up. You don't, you don't give me Drake, man. I'm not the booker here. Uh, well, well, what a what an odd way to end tonight's episode. And I, I apologize for the visuals. If it makes you feel any better, ladies and gentlemen, I had to suffer through them right along with you. <laughs> Thanks to my esteemed co-host. You're welcome. The gentleman. I don't know why he's known as that because clearly after this evening he will be known as the asshole, uh, Elio Canella. <laughs> anyway. Okay, uh, that way we bring the show to a close. Absolutely. All right. Oh, wait. Let's uh, look up your homework for next week. Oh, you want to give me homework after making me suffer through a brawl and panties mess. Okay. <sighs> so we have In Your House Breakdown from September 27, 1998 in, at uh, Hamilton Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. The main event was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker versus Kane in a triple threat match. Okay, yeah, we can do that one for sure. All right, so... Fans, for Ben Pierce, I'm Elio Canella. We will talk to you all next week. Ben, say good night to the folks. Well, uh, good night, folks, and I hope you can sleep after those ending visuals. All right, fans, we'll talk to you all next week. It's fire, it's freedom, it's fire, love It's the preacher and the puppet and your blinded motion. There's something breaking at the bridge of every world that's holding all that you know.